Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Well, let's get straight into our 10 o'clock in a conversation. Let me welcome uh, to studio Mlungisi Mabazo, the suspended chief people officer in the office of the Auditor General. Mr. Mabazo, good morning to you. Thanks for coming into studio and, uh, you know, for uh, sharing at least your side of the story and as far as what has been going on at the Auditor General's office and in particular between you and the Auditor General? Thanks, Cathy, uh, for the invitation and uh, morning to you and the listeners. It looks like it's been a, a turbulent time. How would you describe it in your own words before we get into what actually has gone wrong there? Yeah, indeed. Um, it's been a tumultuous uh, period, I think, if one looks back um, um let's go back to last year 2021 um i would say maybe just soon after the auditor general assumed the role i mean otherwise uh, i've been at the auditor general for six years um and uh, i've had fantastic uh, time uh, working there but uh, things just took a turn for the worse uh, as i say um, just less than a year ago. How would you describe traditionally the kind of relationship that you have had with Sakani Malaga? Because you would have obviously also been at the Auditor General when she was the Deputy Auditor General. Absolutely. Firstly, I was hired by her. Mm-hmm. I um, uh, reported uh, to her up until she obviously ascended to the role of Auditor General. Um, I've worked very well with her. Um, I considered myself as one of uh, her trusted advisors um, because uh, she would call me, whether it's a Sunday, 9 o'clock at night. So that's how I would characterize the relationship that we had. It was uh, uh, a good relationship. So where did things go wrong? When I look back, the where things started to go wrong, it was when um, she wanted me to use her coach, personal coach, for an executive leadership program, alignment program, and I resisted that. So, I, from that point onwards, just our relationship soured. And mind you, um, from that point onwards, I was no longer reporting to her because I report to the Deputy Auditor General who is um, um, accounting officer. When we look at what has happened since you've come out, so... Um, obviously, there was this, uh, you know, this dispute between you and her. You say it emanated out of this issue of the personal coach. The Auditor General says that effectively there were findings that she had made against your department and the lack of performance or meeting uh, some of the, d- the targets that had been set out for you. 
And one of the questions that was on the table was around your actual employment and whether or not you still needed to be in the employ of the Auditor General, which resulted ultimately in a conversation about whether you then needed to be given a settlement of sort before you left the Auditor General. And she's alleging that you had effectively tried to push her into a corner and tried to get a settlement out of the Auditor General, um, which she obviously didn't think that you were deserving of uh, because there were all of these questions around your own role in her department. Mm. Um, the issue of performance, as it is alleged, uh, I think it is scapegoating. Um, the real issue, as I say, when things started to go wrong, if, as I said to you, I have reported to her for the past five years, then my performance has been good for the past five years. Suddenly, on the sixth year that I'm no longer reporting to her, she sees my performance as not being good. And I am not even reporting to, to, to her. And my direct boss has never given me that feedback of not performing well. So that's why I'm saying to you, Kathy, that is just uh, a smokescreen that is being used for what the issue is. I want to go back to the letter that you penned to your colleagues at the Auditor General because in that six-page letter, you deal with uh, a number of the issues that have been raised. But just on the issue of performance, you in that letter also acknowledge that your department has not performed according to what was expected, especially with the hiring of new trainees and why it is that you had higher trainees that were not necessarily, did not have the necessary qualifications and, and you accede to the fact that, yes, you may not have met the standard of the Auditor General and you also take responsibility for it. So is it really scapegoating? Yes, I do accept that um, there was an issue of we, we hire trainee auditors and um, last year, uh, for the intake of 2022, um, we hired. I took responsibility, accountability for that because uh, ultimately I'm the leader of the team. But what happened is uh, as opposed to getting more trainees that have what we call a CTA qualification, so the team only managed to get sort of 50-50 split of about 450 trainees that we had to hire. So that is what I acknowledge that to say uh, there was a slip up on that. But we talked through that. And as I said on my letter, I apologize for that. I took accountability for that. It is an administrative issue that in the past three years, I've never had to look at what my team are doing in terms of that recruitment. Mm -hmm. But when things went wrong with them, I said to her in our one-on-one -on -one meeting that 
I take full accountability for that. It will not happen again. It seems that you took exception to the way that the Auditor General went about holding you accountable for that issue because even in your own words, it was an issue that you believe she was not willing to let go despite the fact that you had had these ongoing conversations about. Does it not just mean that she takes it very seriously, especially in terms of how it will affect then the long-term progression of the organization? Kathy, uh, we spoke about it. Um, it was an issue that was behind us and how we were going to deal with uh, ensuring that we manage the high failure rate because that's one of the things that uh, we're trying to deal with in trying to hire more trainees with CTA. So what obviously I took exception to was when she disrespected me in front of my colleagues about the same issue that uh, we had discussed and dealt with. And I think the watershed, it was when with my team of about 22, 23 people that report to me and the senior managers that report to those that report to me, when she said, you, are, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Um, you have no dignity. I can outsource all of you tomorrow. If you had any pride, you wouldn't be here. You would have left. You are the weakest link in this organization. Those were her words. So I couldn't understand that to be the issue that we had dealt with and we have spoken about and she was okay about it. So those are the things that, as I say to you, for me, I just couldn't take that. Why, why not take her to HR? I'm HR myself. I'm the one that uh, ultimately, I spoke to her. That's why uh, uh, that meeting of the 27th of June was about talking about how you disrespected me, how you thrashed me, uh, how you shamed me, because uh, whilst it was in a group with my team, which I'm the leader of that team. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the end of the day, you were speaking uh, to me. Uh, you were speaking to my team about me. And one of the things that I always say, I was happy that um, at first I was saying to myself, at least if it was a one-on-one -on -one that I was, um, you know, getting trash like this. And on the other hand, I said, no, it was actually good that my team was there because uh, they wouldn't have believed me when I told them that these were the words that were said to me, you know, 
so at least they had it for themselves so i don't i didn't have so 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 was it a case of the fact that your ego was bruised that you were given a dressing down in front of like you're saying all of these people that report to you you are somebody who describes yourself as uh, an an advisor a trusted uh, advisor of of the auditor general so was it a case of you being embarrassed about what had happened and like i said your ego having been bruised embarrassed yes i was embarrassed i mean i would not deny that um but there are certain standards um we are talking here the head of the institution we've got certain values in the organization that we are expected to live by but that was totally unprofessional totally unacceptable for the organization that we pride ourselves in as being caring for each other building a, 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 a trust and uh, excelling in what we do so that is atrocious ultimately all of this results in you then saying to the auditor general that it's pretty clear the writing on the wall is there there's been a deterioration in the relationship between you and herself mm. and you now are looking for some kind of settlement in order to be able to leave the organization she gives you the option of either resigning without that agreement that seems to have been the stalemate to which you then respond with this question of and this issue of allegations perhaps in your own words tell us what happened kathy on the issue of what happened on the 27th of june Unfortunately I will not be in a position to delve into that discussion because that is the subject of that disciplinary hearing which uh, it's actually happening uh, after day after tomorrow so uh, I think it will be disingenuous of me to talk about what is yet to be ventilated at that uh, disciplinary inquiry safe to say I have been charged for I will paraphrase uh, extortion um blackmailing that's what uh, I was hearing on them so I have been charged for that uh, of course I have been charged for failure to report these allegations um through the channels that are available internally and thirdly for communicating via that letter to my colleagues so i would like to only go as far as that as it relates to the matters of the disciplinary inquiry i would like to respect the process but what i am comfortable to talk about is what i have not been charged for which are the accusations that i have made because um i saw on friday the shame that happened in parliament you know but uh, as you alluded to at the beginning of this conversation 
So even when it comes to this dispute, and, and you're right in that it, it will form part of, of the hearing that you that will be held on, on Wednesday, ultimately the Auditor General is saying that you were trying to extort a settlement out of her. When she resisted, you then said that you would be exposing part of the wrongdoing that you allege has been taking place at the Auditor General. And this was by way of a list of nine allegations. And these are around decisions that she had taken when she was the Deputy Auditor General, um, including, you know, having made decisions, uh, approval of certain uh, transactions as the accounting officer, um, and they range from, from a list of transactions um, from about 2014 right up to um, 2021. The independent panel that was tasked with, in, in, with, with investigating this matter dealt with each and every one of the allegations that you had made against the Auditor General. And in all of them, they found no wrongdoing. The Standing Committee on the Auditor General in, in Parliament has also looked at the different legal findings. They too have found no wrongdoing on the part of the Auditor General. How do you explain that? Let, let's start with um, the issue of where you started to say that uh, I went to the Auditor General and I asked for the settlement and uh, um, she wasn't barging and then I threatened to say it. So I just want to categorically say that I never threatened her or I never tried to extort uh, money from her. I will stop there, as I said, then the details around that will come out. You never threatened her with exposing the office? No. I will stop there. I never. Uh, All right. I'm going to ask you to pause it there, Mlungisi. Uh, it's 10.30. We're going to go to the latest news headlines. We'll continue the conversation with Mlungisi Mabaso, uh, the suspended chief people officer in the office of the Auditor General. Of course, I'll also take some of your calls, 086-000-2032, if you want to weigh in on this conversation. on SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're speaking to Mlungi Simabaso, that is the suspended chief people officer in the office of the Auditor General. He's the employee that is currently making allegations against um, the Auditor General Tsagane Malulega, uh, you know, a range of uh, allegations that he's described as wrongdoings by her uh, throughout her time in office as the Deputy Auditor General, but also the fact that um, she had been pressuring him to enter into uh, some kind of contract with her personal life coach. So basically to give her personal life coach some work with the Auditor General. That's what he says is uh, the has led to the fallout. Of course, her version of events being completely different. She says that Mr. Mabaso was trying to extort a settlement out of her and the office of the Auditor General when she resisted 
He then responded with um, all of these allegations and was effectively trying to uh, put her in a corner and, and blackmail her. So, Mr. Mabaso, we're talking about all of the reports that I have shared with you that have looked at these um, nine allegations of corruption that you had raised against the Auditor General, all of which have cleared her. Thanks, Kathy. Um let me say the report that you're talking about, I'm sorry to say it's gibberish. It's a sham. It's a fuss, that report. Which one? The, the report, legal review. The legal review mm -hmm. that you're you, you referring to, because that is what uh, I would like to think uh, those MPs, um, members of the SCOIC, uh, relied on. Uh, to come to whatever position that they've come to. Um, I'm saying that that report, um, if I were using a, a, a Twitter lexicon, uh, it's a scam. They've used that to scam the parliament, those members, those uh, uh, parliamentarians, because they're sleeping on the job. They why do, why do you say that? It's quite an extensive report, and it deals even with the legislation that applies to the various issues that you have accused the Auditor General of wrongdoing or irregularity. So why do you say that it's a scam? Okay. Let's take um, the issue that I raise, which is about the increases of the Auditor General mm. as a person, right? What they reported there they were talking about the new dispensation, which basically says that the Auditor General's increases, annual increases, only became a, a subject of the Independent Remuneration Commission from 2019. Mm. That is what they say. So then they say the Deputy Auditor General, which was Tsakane uh, at the time, then had all the powers and authority to decide what the increase should be. I am saying they don't know what they're talking about. But is that not stemming from the fundamental flaw that there was not a proper employment contract in place out of the presidency's office when it came generally to the terms of service and employment of the Auditor General? Because even Parliament makes... A, a, a finding and a recommendation on that in its own report and says there are weaknesses of process that we have identified and that issue of what this contract looks like and what needs to be in this contract um, that needs to be dealt with at the beginning at the inception of the contract and not be left to be figured out during the term of office uh, for somebody in a position like the Auditor General? Okay. The, before the um, amendment of the Public Audit Act, because we will be referring to that one, mm. which was applicable uh, insofar as the remuneration of the Auditor General is concerned uh, in 2017 and 18. So Section 7, of that um, talks about 
the oversight mechanism must consult with the person recommended in terms of section 193 of the constitution for the appointment of the auditor general and then it goes on to say that they must establish the conditions of employment which they did and i have here if you want me to read this because they have said the auditor general or the deputy auditor general was not uh, bound by the uh, um, was not bound by the RIC, basically uh, uh, in terms of their recommendations. Mm. And I'm reading from here. It says, upon commencement of the duties of the auditor general, will receive remuneration of the figure uh, per month to be reviewed annually in line with the recommendations of the Independent Commission uh, 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 of Remuneration for the Public Service Office bearers. It is signed by the AG then on the 25th of May 2015. That, that's why I'm saying that this document is given legal effect by that Section 7 mm. of the Public Audit Act. It becomes a legal document. A and I'm saying, Kathy then there is no way that the Deputy Auditor General had the authority and power to, when on 2017, the RIC had said the public office bearers will get 0% increase. And then the Deputy Auditor General gives the AG 6.5%. And again in 2017. That's my point of contention. All right. So, so these are technicalities that you are going to then argue in, in front of of this disciplinary process. And I don't want us to get no. too, too, too bogged down um, by, by the technicalities because at the okay. end of the day, I, I'll give you a moment to come in now. At the end of the day, what they are accusing you of is that despite the fact that you have raised these things now, you had the opportunity to raise them earlier. And if, in fact, there was this wrongdoing, as you allege, why come out with it now? Why not come out with it at the time that it was taking place? Okay. No, thanks, Kathy. Can I just uh, maybe correct the statement that says these things will be ventilated, not these in particular, because they are not subject of the disciplinary inquiry. That is why I'm comfortable to talk right. about them. Okay. So I have made these accusations. I have not been charged for making these accusations. I've been charged for something else. Sure. Right. So uh, to your question as to why now, I have a duty as an executive to report these things when they happen. I have an opposing or contrasting duty as an executive to protect the reputation, the image of the institution. I chose the latter. So, so then if, if you chose to protect the institution previously, why is that interest, why does it no longer apply? Good question. The, um, when, when 
the changes were happening uh, in the organization in terms of leadership. You know, um, generally we were all excited about uh, the new chapter, you know, uh, the new dawn, because that's what uh, we were calling it in, in our organization. And when these things happen, I was always hoping um, that things are going to come right, you know. Uh, these things are not going to um, be happening in this organization uh, going forward. But when I'm then, there's dishonesty about what happened in the meeting of the 27th, then I realize that it is going to go unabated. Uh, not only that dishonesty that happened there, but obviously other things that relate to the appointments, which is on the list of things that I have raised. So I came to a point to say, I am not going to um, stick to the latter that I spoke about. I would have to come out and speak about this now. So, so then in that you also acknowledge that as an executive, who should be putting the interests of the organization first and ultimately the interests of South Africans first, mm. you failed in your own responsibilities of needing to have reported these alleged irregularities at the time that they had taken place. I do not consider it, it as being failure uh, to report the things, as I say to you, uh, on one hand, I must be thinking about how damaging are these uh, issues to the institution. That is my primary concern. So, Well, if there's irregularities taking place, those are damaging to the institution as well. And this is an, an institution that investigates and audits every other entity, public entity in this country. So... You know, the, 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 the protection of the institution cannot outweigh the need for the institution itself to also be clear of criticism and to also be clear of blemish in the same way that you hold every other institution accountable. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, I think there come a point where you decide it cannot continue. And that point came to me to say it's not going to continue. Now I have to take a stand on it. Did it come at the point where your own interests were at stake and not necessarily the interests of the board organization? Not necessarily. I think, as I said to you, when I realized then that uh, the dishonesty is continuing in this organization, uh, the new dawn that uh, we were talking about and thinking about uh, it's just uh, a fantasy, so I need to report this, not necessarily because uh, it was uh, um, threatening my interest, not at all. I want to go to the phone lines and take Ntokozo Klonyana, who is a, an EFF MP and um, <laughs> also a member of the Central Command team. Ndokozo, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. 
you were part of the standing committee on um, the Auditor General in Parliament that looked into um, this matter and these allegations against the Auditor General. That committee, of course, cleared the Auditor General of any wrongdoing. Um, your your take on what Mr. Mabaso is is alleging and what he's saying is is taking place in the organisation. Thank you very much, Kathy. First and foremost, let me greet your listeners, and uh, we thank the opportunity to be here today. You know, Kathy, it is now obvious that Mr. Mabaso is not only the devil, but he's also a clown as well. I mean, how do you come on national radio and say what you said, that what had happened on Friday was a shame? How do you come on national radio and say that the members of parliament who take their job very seriously, mind you, that were sleeping on the job? He should come here and be able to explain to you why did it only take him after the incident of the 27th? I mean, if, as you say, that allegation started from 2014, why, if he's such a merciful human being, did he not um, put the people of South Africa first and started screaming very loudly in 2014 to say, these are the problems that are happening. He wants to come here and tell us that he actually wanted to protect the image of the institution instead of the image of the people of South Africa. I don't understand it. And maybe it's because he's busy speaking about this new dawn. Everybody speak about new dawn, we have seen what has happened in this country, new dawn, new dawn. So maybe that is why uh, we are here where we are today, because he just needs to be a man and be able to stand up for what he did. If he was really honestly serious about raising any issues, he should have done it way before, if there were any issues. Kathy. So, so what then is is the final view of, of the standing committee uh, on the Auditor General? Is this case closed? You know, is this the end of, of the matter as far as the, the body's concerned? You know, Kathy, as far as we are concerned, the case of uh, Mr. Mabaso, what he allegedly alleged, um, is done. Obviously, there are some other issues that we have raised as the committee about the issue of the Public Audit Act itself, mm-hmm. being silent on other issues, um, about their own internal policies, which we feel like maybe they should be reviewed so that they can actually deal properly with issues of uh, benefits, um, and allowances, because what usually happens is that uh, they were using their own discretion. So yes, yes. In moving forward, we need them to be able to review their act in consultation with us, the committee, so that we are able, all of us, to be in the same page. All right. Ntokoso Thonyana, EFFMP, will leave it there for this morning. Mr. Mabaso, let me give you a chance to respond to what she said. Well, um, I had this lady calling me the devil um on tv as as she re, re, uh, uh, repeats it now but uh, kathy you know this country is infested uh, by amapara so you will get amapara even in parliament what is amapara um i don't know what how to describe it but uh, i think it's more these hobos that go around in in in, in the streets so uh, uh, for because she doesn't know what she's talking about. And when uh, the question of me dealing with the issues of why I did not raise them, as I said to you, those are subject of 
the disciplinary inquiry. I am going to deal with those things there. But it does not detract from the fact that these things happened. And that is the fact. And I am saying that the legal firm was hired by the AG to investigate the AG. And they are paid by the AG. They are on the supplier list of the AG. Mm. What were you uh, to expect from that? Who bites the hand that feeds him, basically? So uh, that's why I'm saying to you, there are things I was quoting, just one of the simple things uh, uh, that are th th that is here on the contract of the previous Auditor General. But lastly, on the issue of uh, the parliamentarian sleeping on the job, there was a transaction which is called an interest-free loan of 860000 which was reflected on the annual report as an interest-free. If they were not sleeping on the job, they should have, that should have sparked some interest in them wanting to follow as to how this happens. In the organization, we do not have a loan policy. It doesn't happen. But also, even that transaction, I have here the advance on the deferred compensation of 860, not the loan. There's no paper that you will find which says that there was a loan of 860,000 that was loaned to the Auditor General. Never. Let me go to Richard in East London. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you, Kathy? I'm well, thank you, Richard. I'm good, Kathy. Kathy, I hope you'll be patient with me. I want to start here. The gentleman Lungisi here comes across as highly as we would all be expecting from that office, highly civilized, meaning educated and competent. And uh, I would want to advise him, uh, let's, let's protect him. But in the matters of this nature, there is no way that he would win a public debate and he's going to draw himself down the road that he's not going to win. If he can hire somebody competent as himself and competent in matters of speaking in public and in legal matters, it will help him. Otherwise, he's going to stress himself. He's going to find himself in hospital. Baba, I understand where you are, but I want to protect you. This is not your issue hand it over to a competent somebody who will fight for you. The fact that you are now coming across as calling parliament sleeping on duty, most people will not accept that, and I'm cringing myself, but I, emotionally, I understand where you come from. Now, I'm in, I'm in the area of the municipality. I am always arguing that the legal firms in the jurisdiction of the municipality where I am, there is no way that these legal firms can take up a case of any individual against this same municipality that they are, are, are listed to be beneficiaries of tender from. It's the same that happened to Mr. Mlungisi. Here, one thing that you did not do, you are not proving it here. There's no way that you can protect the image and the interest of the organization against what you alleged to have been done by Auditor General or Deputy Auditor General. You should have reported the matter. Mm. 
don't go out to public to report it. Advise her through a report. Draw a report down, advise the same beneficiary. Keep quiet after that. Keep the record. Now you will be in a position to see. When that was done in 2014, 2016, I did not report to public, but I reported mm. to the office that I was supposed to report to. Mm. They ignored my submission. Here is the proof. This one you are not going to win. But mm. similarly, the parliament itself, there is no way that we can blame Mulungisi for not having reported it. Crime is a crime. An offense in this country is an offense even after 25 years. Administrative Richard, Richard, is there not a big problem that is stemming out of the fact that, at least from my reading of the various reports, right, and I'm not an auditor, so I I obviously have to make that disclaimer, but from my understanding of, of what part of the issue may be, is that there are no set benefits that are clear or that are stated clearly that accrue to an individual like the Auditor General. And because it was just such a, a flexible, you know, environment and, and it's left to the discretion of the office itself to almost make those determinations around benefits, is that not part of the big problem here? No, no, no. It was in the previous uh, 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 dispensation. But Blumisi has read when the law came into effect what duties were were conferred Mm. to the deputy AG and what should have done. And even if if it can be described as as a free-for-all administrators, those people that are given the responsibility to have particular offices, they have a duty to write either to the president or to parliament. They have a duty to set up policy. They can't say we're employed and there were no policies yet. It's their responsibility to establish systems and policies for the institution that they are employed in. Fair you enough. So, so, so you're saying that ultimately there was still a responsibility on the Deputy Auditor General at the time to write to Parliament and the President to say, there is this lacuna, this is how we're dealing with it, yes. so that everybody knows. Exactly. Because it's their responsibility to establish and strengthen those bodies. Those bodies were not just created and they had all the system. Mm. You see, it's like in municipalities, that the municipal manager or the accounting officer, all the systems, his, responsibi- his responsibility is to develop those systems, review them from time to time, establish policies, review those policies from time to time. He can't say, uh, throw his hands into the air and say, when you employed me, this was the situation, and therefore, in public finance and in municipal finance management, there is no loan or advance that advancement in terms of payment that can be done to any individual. And now, you are expecting this gentleman, Lungisi, to accept a report that would have been done by technical advisors that are listed as beneficiaries that are hoping for work and contracts from the Office of the Auditor General. This is unfair. All right. Richard, let me thank you so much for calling in this morning. Uh, I've really found your call to be insightful on on, on this particular issue. So one of the difficulties that Parliament also seemed to express is the fact that when we look at the majority of allegations that you have made, they stemmed around transactions um, that ultimately went into the now late former Auditor General Kimi Makwetu, and 
they see it really as part of dragging the name of an individual that was highly respected and highly celebrated for his time and office. So much so that they're saying that they're going to be reaching out to his widow to be making it clear to, to her and the family that they don't support any of, of what is happening. Does that make what you're saying difficult? That, again, these allegations, Mr. Makwetu is not here to, to speak for himself or even to explain to the public what was behind some of these transactions. Yes. No, Cathy, it's unfortunate uh, that um, one is talking about these issues um, and he is not here, right? But um, I think I have been clear on all these accusations that I am talking about the current Auditor General as to the things that uh, she did. Whether when uh, 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 late A.G. Makwetu was still around and after uh, 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 A.G. Makwetu uh, had left us. So I think at the end of the day, um, the truth needs to come out. It is unfortunate that um, uh, uh, the late AG is being dragged into it. Um, when you say the um, parliamentarians do not support, maybe what I do not necessarily ask for their support. Uh, I'm just asking for them to do what they are charged to do, which is an oversight work, which I am saying I'm appalled because I do not think they have done what they're supposed to do. All right. uh, I stand by that. Lungisi Mabaso, the suspended chief people officer in the office of the Auditor General. So his disciplinary hearing will be taking place this Wednesday. You've heard his side of the story. The Auditor General, of course, has said they will be speaking on this matter once that particular hearing has been concluded. Mr. Mabaso, we'll leave it there for this morning. Um, and, yeah, we'll keep a close eye on those hearings. You look like there's something else you want to say. No, that's that's fine, Kathy. I mean, uh, uh, we could talk about these things for hours, but I know you've got uh, limited time. But I just want to thank you for the opportunity and also thank uh, uh, your listeners, especially the guy that came, uh, Richard, Richard, I think, mm. uh, uh, with uh, his uh, sober mind and also the advices that uh, uh, he gave me. All Certainly, right. there are people that have reached out to me that uh, they would like uh, to take this uh, uh, report on a further legal review because they don't believe that uh, in it. Thank you. Can the auditors also please get in touch with me, right? You guys know exactly what went wrong and where it went wrong. Help us, please. It's after 11 o'clock. Time for your latest news.